And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to the first episode of season two of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. I can't honestly thank you enough for being here with us today it's it feels kind of crazy that we're talking about a season two of this show um for those of you that don't know i i started talking country music and whiskey and you know it was really local country acts and stuff back in september late august early september of last year of 2021 Um, I had started the page and the Instagram and all that back in June. Didn't do much with it. Kind of just tooled around with it. Um, If you go back and look, you'll see how cringeworthy it really was. And it might still be. But, you know, we're working hard. I'm working hard to get independent, up-and-coming country artists to as many people as I can. And without you, there wouldn't be a season two. So thank you all so much for joining us again and being a part of this. Honestly, it means the world to me that you're here. So here we are, February 1st. We've been talking about season two, what feels like for months. Today, I can finally announce to you who our guest is. As you know by the title of the episode... Today, episode one of season two, we have probably one of the biggest personalities, and I mean that with all of the love in my heart because I had so much fun talking to this guy. Um, This Texas country artist is a real ass kicker. You know, his music, 
his show, everything he does is just badass. If you don't know who Creed Fisher is, by the end of this episode, I really hope you go out, check out everything he has for music, check out wherever he's going to be and see him because this is an this is an act this is an artist that country music needs this is the act this is the artist that country music deserves if you ask me you know when i think country music especially growing up i think of outlaw country i think of somebody that is going to tell you where to go and how to get there and creed fisher is that person you know he is the epitome of outlaw country music like real outlaw country music like this is the sound outlaw country music should have you know none of that fake outlaw bullshit you know this is authentic biker bar country honky tonk music and I can't honestly thank Creed Fisher enough for being our first guest here today. Um, so before we get to Creed's conversation, I want to thank, again, everybody, everybody for doing this for me and helping me out. I want to thank Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, American Grit and Grace. Thank you all so much for everything. Um, you know, and really, without further ado... Please, please enjoy the conversation I'm about to have with the great, great Creed Fisher. Enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. What's going on? What's going on, Creed? How are you? What's up, buddy? How how's things going? Things are going good. Excellent. Well, thank you for being on the show. You are our first guest, and it is a pleasure to have you here. Well, thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate Ab- it. Absolutely. You know, this has been, I don't know how much of this story you know, but this has been kind of a long time coming, this conversation between you and I. <laughs> um, we've been planning this for a while, and I, I said to, you know, your people, I was like, you know, I think he would be the perfect kickoff to season two. And when I said that, everybody was like, all right, sounds great. <laughs> right. I think um, you're right on that. Yeah, I do too. You know, I've been, I've been following you, you know, now for a while. And I got to say, it's, you really are a brush of, a breath, excuse me, a breath of fresh air in country music. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. I'm trying to keep it alive. You, you know, you, you personify, you know, a real American badass in your music, in your style, in, you know, really everything you're doing. Well, I got to thank the good Lord for that, man. You know, I'm just doing what he, what he put me here to do, a gift he gave me. And, you know, I get to help people and me that, you know, music's the closest thing we have to, to magic in this place, you know, on this earth. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
tell us, how did you start this journey? When did you start doing music? Well, I've always loved music. You know, I grew up listening to so many different kinds of music uh, from Elvis all the way to Black Sabbath, you know, and I think just growing up with the love of music, you know, when I was about 19 years old, karaoke uh, came out and I was a karaokeer, man. I used to go out and sing and just always had a love for singing. And then I got divorced in 2008. And, you know, when you get divorced and you have kids, it changes your life, you know, a lot. And you have a lot of time on your hands. And so I think at that time, music just kind of found me, you know, and I started singing with the guy that played and, uh, I kind of, I couldn't stand that I couldn't play guitar. You know, it bothered me. And so I went down and bought a guitar at the pawn shop and took a couple lessons and then taught myself to play guitar. And that's how it all started. Started writing songs back in 2010. Wow. So, so prior to that, it was just more or less a hobby. Prior to that, it didn't exist. Okay. I was raising kids and married for 12 years. Yeah. Got divorced at 33. And then when I was about 35, I picked up a guitar for the first time. And that's been about 12 years ago. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible how quickly of a turnaround it's been and the success you've had. Yeah. I mean, time goes by fast. You know, looking back, I mean, it's. It seems like a long time, but then at the same time, it seems like it's went really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. So from, from when you started playing guitar and writing these songs to your first, you know, gig in front of, you know, an audience, how much time had passed? Man, I started playing with the band probably about a year after I started playing guitar. Okay. You know, that was hard, putting the band together. That's the hardest part of being yeah. a, a touring artist, you know, keeping a band together, putting a good band together. So, yeah, I mean, about a year, and I played my first gig, and we sucked. We sucked bad. <laughs> we weren't prepared, you know. I just kind of showed up with some dudes and thought they could follow. You know how that goes, man. Yeah. We all have these stories. But the thing about being a, a music artist is if, if you have thin skin and – if you're not willing to fall on your face, you're not going to make it. You got to go out there and fall on your face and then get up and keep trucking. Yeah. Now that first gig, was it, was it originals? Was it covers? Was it? No, for me, man. I mean, I was new to the game, you know? So when I first started playing with my first band, yeah. I mean, we worked up several originals. You know, and hell, people thought we were good back then, but we sucked. But, you know, I, I could tell I had something. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously, starting out, you do a lot of covers. So I, that was just a time where I was learning what I was doing. I was just trying to hone the craft, you know, just figure out if I had a craft, if I was any good at it. Yeah. Now... When you started honing this craft, when did when did you realize, hey, I'm getting pretty good at this? Well, I opened up for Travis Tripp. 
back in January of 2014. And it was With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. My, it, it, my booking, my booking agent called me, and for some reason, it sh- just shut up the whole thing down. Yeah, yeah, that happened. That happened. That seems to happen whenever. <laughs> it, it's damn it. It's, gotta I'll gotta be... love technology, right? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> me neither. We're so we're on the same boat. Um, so we were talking about you opening for Travis Tripp. Yeah, it was acoustic there at the Wagner Noel in Midland, Texas. And I'd been living in Fort Worth and I'd been having to play to eat and to pay the rent. So I had to kind of get out of my comfort zone. And I didn't really feel prepared. He was acoustic. I was acoustic. It was sold out show. 3,000 people just sitting in their chair. Yeah. And I peeked out from the, the curtains and... I'll never be nervous again for a show. I can tell you that because I didn't feel prepared. And if, if you make one mistake, you know, it's going to be just stand out like a sore thumb, but I went out there and I didn't make a mistake and I, I did good. And I think at that point I realized, all right, I can do this. Yeah. Now, it, especially when you open up for somebody like, like, like that, you know, that's, it's not like you're opening for somebody that doesn't have, you know, a story or a, or a career, you know, you're opening for one of, you know, maybe one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And it's in my hometown. <laughs> wow. So that always so, matters. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before you're, you know, before you've started doing this whole thing and, you know, you're a dad and a husband and all that. Was this even a thought? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to sing, I I got my own karaoke machine and I used to sing and I used to, you know, talk about, man, I think I could do this at some point, you know, but it just, it's not a reality when you're raising kids, you know, and you have a family. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just up and leave, you know, you need it there every day. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah, the good Lord had a plan for me, and it was just a little later in life. Now, with that, with that being said, right? Do you find that having a career in this, you know, as you say, later in life, is is a little more difficult for you? I think it's good in some ways and bad in some ways. I think that I'm way more mature than I was mm-hmm. in my twenties and thirties. But at the same time, I feel, I feel definitely feel the pain of the road. You know, it's, it's hard to stay out there for, at my age. I'm almost 50. 
Yeah. I'm 47. So, but I wouldn't have wanted to go into this in my younger years. I don't think I would still be here doing it. I think at this point I'll do it till, till I die, you know? Yeah. But I think yeah. if I'd have started this in my twenties, I don't, I don't think I'd still be doing it today. Really? No, I don't think, I think I would have burned out. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, you know, a lot from, you know, the younger guys coming up where not only that, I think I'd have made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Now the team you've built around you, are these people that you've known your whole life or is, or are these just people that you've met along the way that, you know, you've been, you know, um, introduced to. I have not known these people my whole life. I'm surrounded by an amazing team of people and they've all come to my life since music came into my life. You know, that the, the one that's been with me the longest is Mark Jones. Mm -hmm. I met him about 10 years ago. And then I put the band together in 2016. So that's when I met Chuck Jones and Emmanuel Pastuccia. Taz Osterhaus, and that's how it all kind of got started. But, you know, everybody on the team I've only known for a short, you know, a few years. Some of the guys I've known, you know, longer. But, man, I'm just so blessed, you know, to have Dirt Rock Empire, this this independent label that that got my career straightened out, you know, and I was I was a mess at the time and. Just all the thing, you know, just I can't say enough how much they've helped me, you know, and I, I really appreciate that. That's not the norm, I don't think, of a label yeah. actually doing, you know, service to an, an artist. But I don't know, you know, I'm not signed to a major, a major deal. I don't pretend to know what they do or say, but I know what I appreciate is the label lets me be myself. And that's the only reason why I was able to, to get with them, you know, right. And, they let me do my thing. Now we're going to thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. And of course, my mom calls. <laughs> well, you gotta—you always have to answer mom. Always. My God, man. <laughs> you know, you know, it's—it's it's funny because the very first show I ever did kind of was like this, where it was, you know, things got dropped, and I didn't really know how the hell to work this whole thing. So this is actually like just poetic justice, I think, for myself. Yeah, it's—it's it's my luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh good. No, it's it's actually great. I love it. I love how, you know, for me this is this show is all about, you know, raw honest conversation and you know just the way things go. 
you know, so it's, so it's, so it's actually great. Um, but what the hell were we even talking about? Oh, fuck, you got <laughs> we, me, man. <laughs> we were talking about the label. Uh, the label and how they were, <laughs> they let you do, do kind of what you want. Yeah, I love Dirt Rock Empire. They've helped yeah. me a lot. I put out a lot of music, you know, and it's basically, you know, just let me do my own thing, you know. Yeah. I have, we've kind of worked together, you know, and I've, I've compromised some, you know. Because I'm at the point in my career where I'm, I need to slow down a little, you know. Yeah. Because I've been balls to the walls, man. I've yeah. put out nine albums in the last about two years. Damn. You know, and I've hit it from all different angles, you know. I've, uh, I did country, original country albums. I did the classic uh, Outlaw, the uh, Outlaw Influence, Volume yeah. 1. Then I did the Southern Rock album, The Wild Ones, which was completely different. And so I think at that time, man, I was just, you know, it's a new music business these days. Yeah. And at that time, I needed money. <laughs> right. And I needed, I was just kind of watching, to be honest with you, I was watching what Upchurch was doing. Mm-hmm. Putting out albums left and right. And... But they were all different. That was the thing. You know, it wasn't just the same thing over and over. But I'm at a point now, you know, where we got Rebel in the South coming out. Whiskey and the Dog just came out in October. So we got Rebel in the South coming out for pre-order in April, and it drops in June. So I'm slowing down a tad bit, but not much. And I couldn't, man, I, I love those guys. They've really helped me out a lot. Wow. That... So that's incredible how quick of a turnaround you have these albums coming out. Man, all it really takes is songs and money. Right. Right. Now you have know? did you have did you have these songs stockpiled or are they just kind of flowing? No, I've I've the I've had a I have them stockpiled. Yeah. You know, I had I'd written a two, you know, couple hundred songs. And I just started cutting them. Nice. Did you, did you find that you had a lot of time during, you know, 2020 and not a lot of things were going on to, to do that sort of thing? Man, to be honest with you, I don't think 2020 had nothing to do with it. I was already planning on doing that. Awesome. Now, it, you know, of course it made it easier. Right. Because I didn't tour from March to August. Right. So actually in 2020, I went back on the road in August. I started hitting the bike rallies. We did Sturges. We did uh, several mud parks. You know, and of course we all got COVID and that's, we got over it. But uh, I, I just think, it, man, I, it was just my plan. You know, I, I was yeah. already planning that and I was just trying to put out as much stuff as I could. Right. You know, about every three months, I was putting out four albums a year. Or I put out four in 2020, and then I put out three, 21. But uh, I just had a lot to say at the time. And I, when, when the thing about being, you know, an artist, you, you don't grow up doing this stuff, you know, you, right. you learn. And I just kind of learned, you know, until you have money, <laughs> until you have good, you know, a good flow of money coming in to, to market. Just keep putting stuff out if it's good. Yeah. 
And that's the thing I pride myself on, you know. Everything, all nine albums that I put out debuted on the top five of iTunes in two different genres. Wow. That, and that's incredible for an independent artist. It is, man, because at that time, I, had, I didn't even have a team of people. I didn't have right. a label. I, didn't, I wasn't even marketing my music. That's the great part now is I get to market my music, you know, and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, because when I, so, you know, I had heard rumbles and grumbles about you and stuff. And then, um, you know, your team reached out to me and was like, hey, would you have him on the show? And here's, here's you know, the latest record that's coming out and, you know, all this stuff. And it was, it was Whiskey and the Dog. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I, your team was gracious enough to send me a, a copy before it was available to the public. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell you that or not, but <laughs> no, that's that's fine. That, that that they do what they want, you know, just like me. I mean, and there's there's a rhyme to the reason. I can't. I I I no bullshit, Creed. It might have been my favorite record of all of 21. Man, I tell you what, it was a damn good album. It's awesome, you know, and and to to speak on it because I really I've wanted to talk to you about this album for for months now you know and to hear you talk about your label and letting them letting you do what you want you know and i please don't take this the wrong way but every song on this album shows that yeah you know because there's songs on here that you know if if you listen to them and you're just you know a you know somebody that's not in the industry or you know a passerby you know you i think you would be shocked by some of these songs but if you know the industry and you know you know, country music, these songs are perfect. Yeah, I mean, you know, Whiskey and the Dog, I think when you, the old, the longer you do things, especially if you're good at it, you get better. You know, you yeah. get better and better. And I, I just think that Whiskey and the Dog came at a time where I was hitting, basically, you know, basically my stride, you know. And I think I like the fact that it's really, really, truly honky-tonk traditional country. You know, it's like my next album, Rebel in the South, has a little bit of country rock. Oh, know? nice! But Rebel in the South, I mean, I think the difference between the difference between Rebel in the South and Whiskey and the Dog is Rebel in the South starts off with country rock, and Whiskey and the Dog starts out with honk, uh, High on the Bottle, which is just completely honky tonk, you know? Yeah. And so, I love all my albums, but I Whiskey and the Dog was definitely at the time my favorite. Of, of all time yeah yeah it, it's great and you know i wanted to i if you don't mind i want to ask you about some of these songs that are on here because they've really kind of some of these really hit home for me and you know i can hear in the lyrics and in the songs how they would hit home for you being where you are but you know even though i'm in the boston area like a lot of these songs speak to me too you know which is which is great yeah. um how autobiograph autobiographical? Wow, God, it's Monday night. Yeah, is, right. this is this town for you? It's straight from the heart. Yeah, just like all my music. You know, I, I don't. I just sing about the things that I grew up. You know, going through and the things I've been through in my life. And I mean, this town. I think is if you go back to my earlier years you know this side of town i think has the same kind of heart and soul in it mm -hmm. and it's just you know growing up 
the small town in West Texas, being from the country, you know, it definitely changes you. It, it affects how you grow up and, you know, Friday Night Lights. I'm from Odessa, Texas, you know. Right. So everything that I write is autobiographical. I mean, every single thing, to be honest with you. Hmm. And that, that's what I think that's what's keeps you apart from, you know, say some other people, you know, because you can, you can really hear that in the lyrics and in the songs and the way you write them, because there's really no bullshit and there's, you're not hiding behind anything. And I think that's what I love so much about your music. It's genuine. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, you know, go ahead. I just call it like I see it. You know, I, I say some things that not everyone is willing to say that that a lot of people feel and I think you know I've kind of become a voice for for a lot of people that don't have a voice yeah a lot of people who believe in America and our veterans and our our traditions and you know the things we stand for yeah yeah absolutely and you know I think you know this, this album you know for people that haven't heard it or you know, just heard it for the first time, you know, I think a lot of it top to bottom, all 14 of these songs really speak to, you know, I think where we are as a country and where we are as a people, but, you know, based exactly what you just said is that, you know, a lot of these are songs and lyrics that I think the majority of people feel are just either don't say or afraid to say or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, because then you, you look at a song or listen to a song. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. And they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us they have the best bourbon the best rye i've ever tasted in my entire life so check them out 10thwhiskey.com tell them the boots and whiskey podcast sent you cheers i'm gonna go down and have a kid show me how to turn off uh it wasn't a call that time it was a text i don't know why it cut off <laughs> that's so weird oh man. and then like i was on a roll talking about these tunes because i love them so much i know man <laughs> <laughs> um, but back back to it before we get interrupted. Um, you know, with Don't California My Texas, I mean, you think you talk about things in that song that it's like exactly how people feel where it's like, I don't give a fuck who you are or what you do. Just, you know, don't screw up what we've got going on because what we've got going on is all right. Man, you know, I... <laughs> I live in the midst of that, you know, so I'll just let the song speak for itself. <laughs> yeah, uh, I fair don't, enough. Even though, I, you know, I, I, I speak my mind. Yeah. You know, so if you want to know how I feel, you just listen to the music. I'm not a political person. But, grow, you know, living in the area that I live, Austin's the worst. I mean, everybody from California is moving there. Yeah. Everybody from New York. And, you know... I don't even know what to say besides what the song says. You know, I, I'm kind of bitter about it. I don't California, my Texas, you know? Yeah. I don't understand why they screw up where they're from and then they come here and then think the same way. But 
you know, we're just adopting the ones that we can that are good, and then and hopefully the other ones will move off eventually. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, it, things will will work out. The pendulum will swing in in the favor of which you know whichever way it goes. I'm I'm sure of it. So now with this new album coming out in you know early early this year, lyrically, how different? Are we talking? Are is it any different? It's not a lot different. It's a little more country rock. I think on Whiskey and the Dog, I only had one country rock tune on there. Yeah. This this has a few, uh, but no, I mean it's kind of the same stuff. I mean, I I definitely probably gonna piss some people off, you know. But I I did, I said what I had to say. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, right. you know, but I, I def, definitely did say what I, what I needed to say. And you have songs like Nashville where I said it very eloquently. And then you have songs like Rebel in the South where, you know, I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. but I had some stuff to get off my chest. So I think for, I think from moving forward from there, it's just pure country music. You know, I, I don't yeah. have much else to say when it comes to all that. You know, yeah, you won't see Creed on the Opry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I, I I won't go on the Opry. Uh, I don't believe in what they're doing, and so uh, even though you know I love the tradition. Uh, when they reinstate Hank, that's I might, I might play the Opry, but no, man, it's one of my favorite albums ever, man. I, I don't know why. It's just, it was fun. It's just a fun, really cool, fun album, Rebel yeah. in the South, you know, and it's very edgy. And I'm the kind, you know, that I just, I have to stir the pot, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm always going to, I'm always going to do that, you know? Yeah. It wasn't bad enough that I had the song Rebel in the South. There's another song on the album called Rebel in the South in Me. So it's like poking the bear twice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, no, I had some stuff to say. And then you got all, I mean, you got everything, just like Whiskey and the Dog. You know, I always tell people, you got something for everybody. Same thing goes with Rebel in the South. You got love songs, good and bad. You got your... You know, you got your gray skies of Whiskey and the Dog. I'm not going to say what song it is, but it's Wasted Life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've never been really been more excited about an album than Rebel in the South. Although I'm starting to cut the next one called This Ain't the Hamptons. That's actually what I did today. I was in the studio all day. And yeah, I, I, get- saw that on, I saw that on Instagram that you were you were cutting some music so i'm getting excited about that obviously once you start getting in the studio uh but yeah man i'm just staying busy yeah you know yeah, you can i mean i think for the next uh, i've already planned it out with the label and we, we're gonna do three albums a year for the okay. next two nice we got rebel in the south and then the summer we're coming out i'm coming out with my first kids album called creed fisher and the little outlaws nice it's a five song ep 
which I've never put out an EP, and I always said I wouldn't. I said when Merle Haggard put out an EP, I would, but I think with the kids' album, it's all right. Yeah. You know, it's not really my thing. I was just able to write a couple really cool songs. I'm in Time Out <laughs> and the Burrito <laughs> song, and so it's going to be a really cool five-song EP, and maybe maybe down the line I'll write a couple more, and we'll do a 10-song disc, but we got that one coming out. I'm, I'm excited. I've always said I'm probably going to make more money on these kids' songs than I did my whole career on my music. <laughs> 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 but uh, And then I'm still juggling this, uh, what's going to be our end-of-year release, because I've got two albums in the wings. I've got Outlaw Influence Volume 2, and I've got Ain't Scared to Bleed, a remake of my first album. So we, we went back in and redid. I, I did my first album. I wasn't happy with the production. Yeah. And that's been many, many, many years ago. And I've always wanted to redo it. So I redid Ain't Scared to Bleed with the same producer that I did with the Wild Ones. And so we got that coming. And uh, and then this ain't the Hamptons. So and then I got another Southern Rock album. I'm fixing to start on. I wanted to do Ain't Scared to Bleed first just because I want to make sure I'm still alive when I get that done. Yeah. That, that That's just unfinished business, you know? And then as soon as I get Ain't Scared to Bleed, I'm going to start working on my next Southern Rock album called Fort Worth. And after that, I'm taking a break. <laughs> taking a break from... From recording. All of it? Okay. From recording, from, you know... I'd probably go a year without having an album. Who knows? Now, will you tour in that time? And just... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That never ends. Yeah. No. The thing about touring is you either have to rent the infrastructure to tour or you don't. Right. <laughs> and if you do, then you have to go. Right. You can't sit at home. You can't ever come home, really, at that point. Right. Right. Now, but for your tours, have you have you ventured out, you know, past, you know, the South and Texas and Florida and Louisiana and the places you're you know coming up to? Yeah, um, I played all over. Have, have, how far north up this way have you gotten? Pierre, South Dakota. Okay. Sturg Sturgis, South Dakota. Savannah, Illinois. Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I've been up there a few times, you know, and we're playing it. We're coming back this year for sure. I mean, this year we're doing more than we ever have. Obviously, when you're a new artist, I mean, the further you go, the more you pay in fuel. Right. And the longer it takes you to get there and you're paying your crew. Right. So we're at a point now where that's not really an issue. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to be doing a, a tour this year up through Colorado, all the way over to New Hampshire. You're, whoa, hold on. You're coming to New Hampshire? Yes, sir. Oh, that's because yeah. that's that's not far from where I am. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up there. I think it's May. We start in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and we go up through Colorado and then up and around and through New Hampshire. And then we're planning on trying to hit pretty much every state this year. Obviously, there might be a few out there in the West that we don't. I don't, you know, California's, I love California. It's a beautiful place, but 
they don't like me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just not your cup of tea. No, that'd be like me from that Korea, basically. <laughs> yeah, I might yeah. not get out. Right, right. No, I'm, I'm sure you could stand your own with the, with the Californians. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm coming to California, man. I'm definitely coming to California. Coming all over. This year, I have so much flexibility that I've never had before. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're having a lot more success with it. Yeah. Now, do you do you find that when you go to places, the crowd gets bigger and bigger every time you go? I do. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great. It's crazy. My my story is crazy, to be honest with you. I mean, I was selling out shows in Georgia before I was ever selling out shows in Texas. Really? And I'm from Texas. Yeah. Why was think, that? Well, to summarize it, I just feel like coming from West Texas that I burn a lot of bridges. Okay. You know, and I feel like Texas, the Texas country is its own little thing, its own bubble. Yeah. And I feel like I burned a lot of bridges in that bubble. And I feel like my message was not really, I mean, it was in no way, shape or form limited to the state line. You know, I mean, people, obviously people from the Southeast are going to relate, but even the, you know, the Patriots up North relate to it, you know? Yeah. Oh, but, uh, I don't know, man. I had a few songs go viral that were more, you know, USA related. Yeah. And it just kind of blew my music up outside of Texas. And it never was anything that was suitable for Texas radio. So I kind of came in the back door through Texas radio. You know, I I definitely didn't start there. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing good now and. I've made some friends, but in the beginning, I made a lot of enemies because I didn't like what I was seeing, and I've, yeah. I've never been one to, to to bite my tongue, you know, and uh, I think me going off and doing my own thing for a while was good, and I was able to come back and kind of mend some bridges that, that had been burnt, and just the ones, I mean, I'm never going to apologize for something I didn't do, you know? Right. Right. But I did apologize for the things I did. And uh, I think now everything's really going good. I mean, I've had my first top 10 on the Texas chart, which for me is huge. <laughs> That's like a number one, you know, for me. Yeah. Uh, and I've just, you know, I'm my new single's doing well. And I just think, you know, my story is just not what you would expect, which is good for me. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I love everything that I've heard and seen about you and how, how the way you've done things, you know, cause it's like we talked about earlier, it's very authentic. It's very real. Yeah. I mean, when you come up, you know, you, you're young and you, you know, you, you don't, you're just not wise like you are when you're older. Right. You know, you say things you shouldn't say. You don't have to point everything out. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Just because you have to point it out to everybody. 
you know, and I think, you know, I would, I think in my younger days, I think that, you know, I would see these guys that had a bus in the parking lot and they bought the bus or they on the bus with their plumbing company, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I always said, you know, I, cause my dad owned his own company back in the day, you know, and of course they retired and you know, I, I went on my own way doing music, but I always said I would never get a bus until I could get it with, with music money. I didn't want to get the bus with money I made elect doing electrician work or plumbing or whatever. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get the bus with the money I made doing music. So that's one of the things I'm most proud of. Yeah. And that, that's, a, you know, that's incredible, you know, and you should be proud of those sorts of accomplishments because it, it means more. Yeah. We've all, man, me, me and the guys have just been through so much. We've, We've been broke down in Beaumont. That's a whole nother song, you know, and we've, we've just outlasted it, you know, and the, the music, the music side is, is always been the easy side for me, you know, the hard side's putting a band together and touring and keeping everybody happy and doing good and feeling, you know, feeling good about it. Sure. So that's the most challenging side. And uh, for me, it's it's really really feels good, man. To be honest with you, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I mean, it, and it's got to you know when you when you have, especially when you have, you know, people that rely on you for for whatever whatever that may be. You know, it's always great to be able to, you know, provide for for others, you know, or help provide for others. I'm just glad we're kicking ass. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, that's that's the best part to see how we've grown together as a team, you know. Because my band I have a big band, you know. We Yeah. We're kinda like Leonard Skinner. You know, if you know anything about Leonard Skinner, their band was about seven or eight pieces, you know. Really the only piece we don't have is is the piano. But I think it's paid off, you know, because when we play, we really people, you know, we we really do a good job. Yeah. So is is the piano something you'd want to have, or is that just doesn't just doesn't fit? It's the last piece. Yeah. You know, it's all about money. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh hell yeah. You know, but yeah, there, I have a six piece band right now. Yeah, and the thing about it is, if if you don't do Leonard Skinner, you don't need a seven piece band. Right, right, right. But if you rock out, and you also country, you need the rhythm guitar behind the rock stuff. Yeah, and you know I don't want to be tired to that. Uh, I mean, I play rhythm guitar, but if I want to get up on the top of, I mean, if I'm going to climb up on the truss and jump out of, you know, I mean. I don't want to be tied to the music. Right, right. If I get distracted and I'm over there giving high fives to the crowd, you know? Yeah. So I would say we're more like a Leonard Skinner style band. I would definitely love to have the, the keyboardist because B3, I mean, we do, we do a lot of rock stuff, Southern rock, country rock, 
and then on the country stuff, it's always nice to have piano. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You give it give it that soul that it that it needs sometimes. Yeah, there's just certain songs like "Kiss Away My Ghost," where the piano is such a big part of the the music, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. So for what you're doing, you know, when you're playing live, do you do any, is there any covers in the Creed Fisher repertoire when you're doing live tunes now? You know, we used to do four or five in a, in a yeah. 20 song set. I think we're down to about one or two. Yeah. It's always Hank and Waylon. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're going to do it, at least do it, you know, do it, do it right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's our style. Yeah. You know, and you always want to just be as versatile as you can, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you want to bust out Sweet Home Alabama, you want to be able to do it, you know. Right, right. But I think with it. us, you know, it's definitely, if we're playing a cover, it's Waylon or Hank Jr. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do, you have a, do you have a favorite country song of all time? Not really. No? No, man. I just, I have so many songs I love. I pick a favorite song of all time yeah that's impossible for me yeah. yeah i think it's i think it's impossible for any real country music fan you know because there are so many great country <laughs> i music mean fans. there's just there's too much you got right. conway you got johnny cat i mean there's just too much for me uh i listen to a lot of different music you know and to pick a favorite song is just you know to even even favorite song that i've written i can't even do that you know yeah well i would assume they're all like you know they they all have a special place they're like children right every song you write is like your children you you know what's your favorite song well it's like asking what's your favorite child you know right. you, you don't know really i mean right. you, you have ones you like and you have ones that are more honoring and but at the end of the day they're all yours you right. know yeah, yeah. So yeah, pick my favorite song that I've written, and you know that I think that's fair enough. You know, and, and for anybody to expect you to, I guess would be would be unfair. I had a guy the other night at the bar. There's a bar I, I hang out, Billy's Ice House, right down the street from my house. I go there four or five times a week, and this guy was like asking me what my favorite song I'd written. I can't answer it. All right. I can tell you the first song I wrote, that was I'll, I'll Keep Drinking, which is on Rebel in the South. I redid it, you know? Yeah. But to ask me what my favorite song I've written, I just couldn't tell. I could not ever decide. It's impossible. Yeah. 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 Now, now, with the way things are, you know, for you, you know, how how is it when you when you do go away on tour and you're doing all this stuff like how does it you know with with your kids and stuff is it is everybody very supportive of what you're doing absolutely awesome my whole family is supportive my my daughter is 23 my youngest yeah and so yeah i mean my kids are all grown they have their own lives i have four grandkids my oldest son doesn't have a child yet and no, they're all, I mean, everybody in my family's supportive. You know, and you have your little knickknacks. I mean, obviously my kids, they, they're not going to tell me what to do. I mean, 
they're just happy when I'm there and paying the bills, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think more more like my parents, you know. My yeah. parents were very concerned at first. I mean, my parents owned a million dollar company. Yeah. When I was thirty, you know, and we had been dirt poor to that point, you know. Yeah. Like if you look at my kindergarten pictures, my mom pieced my clothes together three different ways. I mean, it's it's rough. Like we 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 were literally dirt poor. And then my dad was able to start his own business two thousand three. And my dad was good at what he did. Yeah. My dad was damn good at what he did and he was an electrician and and uh so then yeah they came into that and so you can only imagine your parents and own a million dollar business and you tell them well I'm not going to do this. Right. I'm going to go off and be a singer, country <laughs> singer. Yeah. They didn't take real good to it at first, but, you know, my parents have always, especially my mom. I mean, I don't get really into the stuff like this with my dad because yeah. we're just, we're two dudes. Yeah. So it's like, he just kind of lets me do what I want, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest with you. He doesn't want to fight, you know, you know, with me and, but my mom's different, you know, she would definitely speak her mind and, and let me know that her concerns, you know, I think at that time she was freaking out to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. And so I had to have, I just had to have that talk with her that, you know, look, mom, this is truly in my heart. What I feel like I'm here to do. Yeah. And at that point she was like, okay, you know, and, and they've been supportive, you know, ever since. That's awesome. That's great. It's always it's always nice to have a good support system when you're when you're chasing your dreams. Man, I think it's really important, especially yeah. if those people have money. Yeah. But even <laughs> if they don't, yeah. just to just to have the pat on the back, you know, is is all I ever needed. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know, it's kind of like I I can relate to that because you know when I said to my wife, hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast and. You know, we have three kids ourselves, and she's like, "Well, you're not quitting your day job yet, right?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, "Well, no, exactly." I mean, you know, unfortunately, this doesn't do it. I do it out of the, you know, the goodness of my heart. But the know, love, the love yeah. of the game. Yeah, you know, and and I've been very fortunate to have that sort of support where it's like, "Yeah, go ahead, go do your thing, and you know, build this up as much as you can." You know, and that's that's what I'm doing. You know, and that's, that's obviously what you're doing and you're, you're absolutely killing at it. You know, you really are. Yeah. I mean, you never know. It's definitely not the odds aren't with you when you, when you get into music, but you know, if you don't, if you don't, I mean, the same was true with Elvis, you know, right? and I don't pretend to be Elvis. There's no one at, there will never be another Elvis. It was a one and only kind of thing, but oh, yeah. I just think when you believe in yourself like that, you have to go all in with it, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and he, he's, he's the king for a reason. Man, you gotta, you gotta do what you feel. I mean, if he wouldn't have had the courage to, I mean, he could, he could have been an electrician himself. Right. You know, and I'm sure his mama probably wanted him to be. Right. You know? Right. Right. Take, take the safe way out. And, yeah. but if, you know, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got a few things for you. You know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. It's, it's been great. You know, I really love hearing, 
your story. And I really do believe that this is the best way to kick off season two. And, you know, even, even with our hiccups, once, once I blend it all together, (laughs) it's not even going to sound like anything happened. Hopefully. Technology is amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, So I got a few questions that I love to ask. Um, One is if you wear cowboy boots, what's the brand you're wearing? I know that's a real good dude question, isn't it? Man, I, I wear a, a, bu- a bunch of different brands. The ones I got on right now are Harley Davidson. Nice. Just because I love to ride my motorcycle. And when you ride a motorcycle, you got to have rubber, rubber soles. Yeah. <laughs> Leather soles are, don't, don't work. Yeah. Yeah. How, how old are those pair that you have on now? They're about three, four months. I went down okay. and bought like four, four pair. You know, one's one's a more fancy pair. Yeah. And then, but I, I usually wear my Harley boots just because I ride my bike a lot and I broke them in good. <laughs> so, yeah. are those the same boots you wear on stage? They usually are. You know, I wear a different, a few different pair. Yeah. But they're the most comfortable that I have right now with my insoles in there. So. I'm just a country boy, man. I just wear what's in the dresser. Yeah, hell yeah. And um, I'm I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark that that you like to drink whiskey. Um, what is your favorite brand? Probably Woodford Reserve. Really? I mean, it's hard to tell, man. There's so many great bourbons out there. You got Eagle yeah. Rare. Yeah. You got a bunch of that expensive stuff, but I, I mean, I could never afford none of that. I tell you what, man, the bang for your buck. I'd go for Evan Williams. Really? Absolutely, man. I used to be addicted to that stuff. I mean, uh, Canadian Club uh, Small Batch is probably the best whiskey I've ever tasted. Interesting. Uh, Just without any kind of flavoring. Yeah. Now, that pecan, we had some pecan Texas. uh, To be honest with you, it was a free bottle I won from the awards ceremony. But, uh. I'd have to say, man, that Texas pecan was the best whiskey. I, I, we literally drank the whole bottle with no mix. Wow. You know, but I, I would say Evan Williams for the poor boy out there. No kidding. I've, I've, I've yet to hear Evan Williams even be mentioned by anybody I've asked. And if you have a little bit of money in your pocket, Canadian Club Small Batch. Okay. It's about $50 for a liter. All right. All right. Huh. Interesting. Because, you know, I've been trying to collect and, you know, try different things, you know, and being up where I am, I don't get to get a lot of things because a lot of things aren't available up here. Um, so, you know, you got to do some, some, some wheeling and dealing with people that you do know. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's interesting to hear the different, the different brands and the different types and, and all that and what, what people are liking and what people aren't liking. Being from the south, I think Evan Williams is pretty much like the poor boys champion whiskey. Yeah. Nice. I started well, drinking that stuff because I didn't have any money. And I was like, damn, this is good. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to definitely check that out for sure. And, um, you know, like, like I said, I can't thank you enough for being, you know, guest number one of season two. You know, it, it means so much to me for you to be here and, you know, after after listening to your your whole collection that you have out, you know, it, it's really been an honor to hear hear your story and the stories behind the songs and and everything that is we've talked about in the last hour or so. So I appreciate it.
Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me, man. Absolutely. Thanks for all when, the great questions. Yeah, and when you're up here in New Hampshire, I'm definitely going to I'm, – I'm coming to see you. That's for all sure. All right, man. We're looking at May, June. All right, perfect. Well, all then, right, brother. Until then, Creed, thank you so much, and um, we'll, talk, we'll talk soon. Sounds great, brother. You take care. All right, buddy. You too. Bye. Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com. Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. Well, there you have it. That was conversation one of season two. Creed Fisher. Now, what I love about this is that we... I didn't edit this really at all, and I'm sure you can hear that. And... I did that purposely because you can really hear how authentic the conversation is. You can hear, you know, it was almost like poetic where, you know, the first episode of this season really started and was just like the first episode of season one. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be the first episode of season one at the time, but you know, it was really a lot of the same things happen. You know, we got cut off, we got, you know, drop calls and all this crazy crap. But you know what? Like a true professional, we kept going. We didn't screw around. There was no bullshit. Um, I appreciate Creed's honesty and his outlook on life and music and the industry. And I honestly can't wait to see him in person live i think it's going to be an incredible time so creed thank you again so much and thank all of you for being here for episode one of season two um as you know if you haven't already checked it out we're also doing something special this month in february we are doing black history month where every episode of every every episode every song of the day is going to be featured of a black artist in country music um, I think it's very important for us to do that, not only as a highlight, but, you know, as a as a thank you to, you know, the community as a whole and the genre, because I don't think black artists get the credit they deserve in this industry. And hell, there's some really great ones that you're not hearing for whatever reason. So... You know what? I'll do my little part to to make sure they're heard. And every week we're going to do a we're going to feature a black owned distillery in our Whiskey Wednesdays. So 
keep an eye out for that tomorrow. We're also going to we're also going to release our first whiskey review episode. Probably going to be in a couple of parts, so take a take a look out for that. That's probably going to come out, you know, maybe Thursday this week, um, but definitely this week. So thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to episode one of season two. Um, I look forward to it, and I'm I'm going to tell you, we have some great, great artists this season. A lot of people you're not going to want to miss. A lot of people you're actually going to recognize. Um, not that, you know, not that you didn't recognize anybody before, but this year, this season, we've got some good ones. Um, yeah, so say, stay tuned because I'm not going to say much more than that. Um, and yeah, so enjoy the ride. Thank you all again so much for being here. Um, till next time, keep your boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone.